This is a reading about Peter. Everyone knows Peter started out as a fisherman. He lived with his wife in Capernaum, where they shared a house with his mother-in-law and his brother, Andrew. He and Andrew had their own boat and were in business with a couple of partners named James and John, Zebedee's sons. The first time Jesus laid eyes on him, he took one good look and said, So you're Simon, the son of John. And then said that from then on, he would call him Cephas, which in Aramaic is Peter, which is Greek for rock. Now, rock isn't pretty thing in creation or the fanciest or the smartest. And if it gets rolling in the wrong direction, watch out. But there's no nonsense about a rock. And once it settles down, it's pretty much there to stay. There's not a lot you can change about a rock or crack it or get under its skin. And, barring earthquakes, you can depend on it about as much as you can depend on anything. So Jesus called him the rock, and it stuck with him the rest of his life. Peter, the rock. He could stop fishing for fish, Jesus said. He'd been promoted. From there on out, people were to be his business. Now he could start fishing for them. Later in the story, we learn about a beach scene at daybreak. Some of the other disciples were there, and Jesus cooked breakfast for them. When it was over, he said to Peter, son of God, do you love me? And Peter said he did. Then Jesus asked the same question a second time. And then once again, each time, Peter said he loved him three times in all to make up for the three other times. Then Jesus said, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And you get the feeling that this time Peter didn't miss the point. From fisher of fish to fisher of people to keeper of the keys to shepherd. It was the rock's final promotion. Our reading today comes from the book of Exodus, chapters 3 and 4. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, 
for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me, and I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring to my people the Israelites out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to the Lord, O my Lord, I have never been so eloquent, neither in the past nor even now that you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who gives you speech to mortals? Who makes them mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you are about to speak. But he said, O my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, "What What of your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he can speak fluently. Even now he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees your heart, he will be glad." You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you what you shall do. He indeed shall speak for you to the people. He shall serve as a mouth for you and you shall serve as God for him. Here ends the reading. During his message last week, President Kimball mentioned the seniors who are a month away from graduation who have yet to find that purpose. That's me. And I find it very comforting that even our president is sometimes still searching for his purpose. (laughs) Um, Starting around high school, it seems like everyone is suddenly concerned with your life plans. And there's a series of questions they almost always ask. Have you started looking at colleges yet? Well, yes. Um, Have you applied to colleges? Yes. Yes. Where are you going to college? CLU. What's your major? As you can probably tell from the slideshow, I'm a multimedia major. (laughs) And now the question I'm getting is, are you going to grad school or joining the workforce? It's the latter. Um, In addition to these questions, I've noticed at CLU some common words used in both marketing and branding efforts, vocation and purpose. For example, this year's theme for University Chapel is on purpose, for purpose. And because the pastors asked me to speak today, I had to ask myself, what is my purpose? 
Um, well, music is not really my thing, so that's out. I'm not a fan of public speaking, so I'm not going to be a pastor. I'd much rather be sitting up in the AV booth running audio right now, but I don't think that's my purpose either. Um, Moses is lucky with the burning bush. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. God let Moses know his purpose in a little fireside chat. Imagine if we had a burning bush on campus. Not sure what to major in or which classes to take? You can consult the burning bush. Hey, Peter, let's change your major from marine biology to religion. I'll make you a fisher of men. Or, Jonah, there's a study abroad program in Nineveh you should look into. (laughs) Personally, I think it's a great idea. I've even thought up some potential locations for God's burning bush at CLU. We could place it in a convenient location, such as outside the registrar's office. Maybe we could install it in a more reflective place, like near the prayer labyrinth. It could also be placed near iconic locations, such as the CLU Rocks or by Gumby. I keep trying to schedule a meeting with Ryan Van Overman, but apparently there's an issue with the bush being a fire hazard and something about a drought. Regardless, Moses had it easy. God explicitly tells him what he wants to do. Moses can check purpose off of his list. But wait, it's not that simple. Moses doesn't take the purpose God prescribed him and run with it. He tells God, public speaking isn't my thing. Isn't there someone else you can send? I'm impressed Moses has the courage to stand up to God. But God isn't. He gets irritated and suggests that Moses bring along his brother Aaron. God has little regard with who you take with you. He knows what he wants for you and what he is asking for you to do. How you get it done is up to you. Like Moses, I'm not a fan of public speaking. Preaching is not a profession I would choose. However, this doesn't mean I don't get to speak here. Purpose is not the same thing as career. I have a message to share with you, and with the help of my community, here I am. I'm still searching for my purpose. How do I use God's gifts in the world around me? According to Frederick Buechner, the place God calls you is where your deep gladness in the world's deep hunger meet. God finds Moses, visits with him, and gives him a task. However, Moses does not accomplish anything in a vacuum. He does what he does in the company of God's chosen people. He works within a community, and that is where his gifts and purpose worked out. I find happiness when I'm with my friends and family. These communities constantly shape me, and the people within them call me forth. I may not know what my purpose is, but I do know as I use my gift in these communities, it is there I will discover my purpose. Thank you.